praise the name of the Lord. He is a mighty God. And uh, I know that we honored our graduates today. And I began uh, teaching from the book of Genesis, and uh, specifically Genesis, the fourth chapter, and about 16 verses. And the story is familiar probably with most of us, and yet I have to confess I had not studied it as much as probably I should have, and I had not felt drawn to this passage of scripture like I have this uh, just in the last few days because there was that sense of, you know, um, here we are trying to say something to these graduates about life, and in fact, uh, here they are uh, facing a whole new world. And I know we are facing a whole new world uh, with the COVID and with the changes and what is going to be the new norm and nobody knows. And Adam and Eve were almost in one sense faced with that. And you see where um, they have a man from the Lord is what they call Cain, uh, a man from God, and then the Abel. And Abel was the second born or the third born or the whatever or a twin. And I know there can be competitions and there can be uh, times whenever um, we find ourselves looking around and at siblings and we had two children and there can be sibling rivalry when they're younger and fortunately for David and Sheena they have two and uh, last Wednesday night Wednesday was Siobhan's birthday and she got to pass out cupcakes and this Tuesday is Tegan's birthday and so she wanted to pass out cupcakes so when y'all leave tonight everybody say hello to the new five-year-old that's coming on on Tuesday and get a cupcake for those of you that are here and uh, so you know there is that sense of uh, you can say, well, they were raised in a good family. I don't know why. And uh, is it the personality? Is it whatever? But we know that Cain was a tiller of the ground and Abel was a keeper of sheep. And uh, in reality, a keeper of sheep, uh, as we read this morning, may not have been that awesome of a job. Uh, they weren't connected to the ground. They went wherever the animals went. They may, uh, you know, as a shepherd, you go, you're not tied to the ground. And yet, uh, it was Cain that offered the first offering and then of course Abel who brought the firstlings and the fat and I understand that it opens up a whole different realm of possibilities as to what was it about Abel's offering. We read in Hebrews where it says by faith Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain, a more excellent sacrifice. And so then you say, well, was God... Uh, it, but it, it opens and poses a lot of questions 
because the Bible doesn't give us a lot of the detail. Was God just honoring Abel because Abel had basically uh, had a sense that Abel uh, was not lauded by his mother and dad. They didn't call him man from God. As a matter of fact, they named him Shadow. And so it wasn't necessarily, you know, the best name. And uh, they maybe uh, Cain followed in his dad's footsteps. Maybe it was a case where Cain uh, got all the attention. And as an afterthought, they sent Abel out. We don't know. We don't even have record that Abel ever spoke. Uh, to God or God ever spoke to Abel and so there are all these questions but yet God uh, had impressed Abel to bring his best to God. He offered his firstlings by faith and he offered the very best that he had and so when you look as you continue reading in Genesis, when Cain saw that, we mentioned this this morning, Cain got very angry. Cain got mad at the fact that somehow God had shown favor to Abel over Cain's offering. Why? I don't know. What was it? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. How did fire fall? Did, did the Lord consider? We don't have any record. But Cain felt like he had been treated wrongly. And I want to tell you something. It's not uncommon to get your feelings hurt. Amen. It happened 6,000 years ago. It could happen six minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? I, it's just not right. This isn't fair. I, you don't understand. I was doing good. In fact, I was the first one that had an offering. And yet the Lord spoke again to Cain. And even though Cain was mad and his countenance fell, the Lord said, why are you so angry? Uh, if you do well, you're going to be accepted. And if not, sin is going to try to overtake you. And so... We know the story. It, he was warned by God. He was, how's he going to respond to his hurt feelings? And that's a, that's a big thing because everybody's going to get feelings hurt at some point in time. But how are you going to respond to them? Well, you know, will I sin like Cain? Will I rage? Will I find myself that it's not my fault? And that's what Cain ended up doing, although there was this promise that if you do well, you know, you're going to be accepted. And yet he was measuring himself. Now he was without a Bible. He couldn't read the word and all of those things. And we read this morning where how sin will try to get the mastery over you and sin will do what it can to try to destroy you. It's always doing what it can to master us. You will serve someone. You will serve something. I know that we have a very sense of sin will do what it can to deceive. And so, it, and, and it will try to slay you because that's the trick of the enemy, to steal, 
kill, and destroy. And yet I promise you that whosoever, as Jesus said, serves sin, commits sin, practice sin, is the slave of sin. What are you saying? I'm saying that that's the whole point that enemy tries to come in covertly under wraps and get your mind, get your heart, and tries to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what Cain had. And the Lord recognized it, how it changed his countenance. And the Lord recognized that it was, he was upset. And the Lord tried to warn him. That's a powerful warning that the Lord would say, you know what? Here it is. You need to be careful. The sin is trying to destroy you. In fact, Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, if any man, if any person is overtaken in a sin of any kind, you which are spiritual should I try to do their best to restore and reinstate. And that's why the body is so important. The church is so important because you're going to mess up. Sin's going to try to creep in. And that's why you come to the house of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm here to tell you I need your forgiveness. I need your mercy. I need your presence. Because in the midst of all of it, you know, he that says he has no sin... Is tricked, is deceived. And so, what are we doing when we meet together? We're trying to encourage one another. And we're trying to say, don't forget, love God. Don't forget, worship God. Don't forget, praise God. Doing what we can to help strengthen. And I know it's like a disease. And I know our society likes to use that phrase. You know, it's a disease. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm not really sinning. I was born this way. Or I got this disease. And I got this addiction disease. Or I've got this. And I, I get it. And I'm not saying that they're not genetic predispositions to a lot of different things. But I'm here to tell you, I know somebody that is able to change your very DNA. You can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, things are passed away and all things become new. Don't let the enemy convince you that you are born this way or born that way or you've contracted this or whatever it is that is trying to destroy and steal and kill. Why don't you just say, Lord, I know you are able to wash and cleanse and set me free. So, well, I don't really want to be free that bad. Well, that's usually unfortunately the case but you see that's what the body is there for it helps get us back on track that's why we have the church and when a person feels isolated like Cain, Cain felt isolated. He went from the presence of the Lord he was isolated he went and he was going to talk to Abel on his own the Apostle Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy the fourth chapter till I come give attendance to what did he say? Reading, exhortation, and to doctrine. He said, I want you to pay attention to preaching, exhortation, to reading the word, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. You know what? You have to stay full of the Holy Ghost. Don't neglect the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what Paul was telling Timothy. He said, you receive the gifts of the Holy Ghost and you can neglect it. This is what I said about quenching the Spirit or, you know, grieving the Spirit. You can just 
clamp the hose down and not let the Holy Ghost flow through you. And you know what I'm talking about? We've, you know, you're quarantined and we've got stuff going on and oh, you know, it's, it's all this is going on. And so here it is. And he said, meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine continuing for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. What are you talking about? I want to tell you, if you want to protect yourself from being deceived, then you've got to take heed to the Word of God. You've got to put the Word in your heart and in your mind, and you've got to say, Lord, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what ABC, NBC, Fox, it doesn't matter. I know that you are going to come again, and this is not out of your control. I'm going to hang on to the Word of God. And I know, I, 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 you know, I get all the theories and all the conspiracy theories and all of the, I, I, I've read most of them, heard most of them, and I get blessed and folks send them to me and I don't mind them. I, I will listen to them, but I want to tell you, you know, when somebody says, oh, the planet's burning up, I say, yep, I've already read that. That's in the Word of God. Yeah. Right. That did not scare me. Why? Because I know it's going to burn up. But you know what? We're going out of here with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. So what are you saying? I'm saying that I don't have fear for some of those things. Why? Because his word is forever settled and God doesn't change. I want you to know God is able to still heal. He's able to deliver. I don't care how many die of COVID. My God is still a healer. He's still able. I don't care what the doctors say. If the doctors say to me tomorrow, oh, you've got a week to live. I'm, I'm here to tell you God is bigger than a doctor. Amen. Oh, what do you mean? Well, are you saying that you wouldn't do what? No, I, I understand. Yes, that would, oh, that, those things, those reports would impact. But yet, you know what? I, I'm, I'm concentrating on the Lord. And that's why you've got to know who it is that's around you and who, and why it's important to be part of a local church and a body. Why? Because the Bible says, Jesus himself said, by your fruits you'll know on them. Not everybody you hear on Facebook or read is somebody you ought to listen to. <laughs> you know, I used to get tickled. <clears throat> The two people, when we, I was working for a counseling center, the two people that were listed in our, our bailouts as being specialists in family therapy and marital counseling was one lady who was on her fourth husband <laughs> and one man that was on his first wife, but he had been married four different times, but he was able to in the church he attended to get his marriages annulled and <laughs> so he would say this is my first wife we've been married three years he was 65 years old you know what are you saying and I, I used to think wow I wonder if anybody ever asked them have you been married Are you, you know he, his marriage hadn't lasted past 10 years none of them and I'm like, wow, I, I don't know what to say. I, be careful who you listen to. Be careful who's speaking to you. 
Jesus himself said, not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of the Father. Many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils? Have we not done many wonderful works? And he said, I will say unto them, depart from me, I never knew you. And I understand. And people will get online and they will hear and they will read and they will listen. And, and now we're faced with that and we're one of those maybe that they come through. But I'm here to tell you, there are people that you can put your faith in that have lived for God, that have a heritage of living for God. You need to know the body that you're connected to. Because you see, the Lord can use that body to help you overcome the things that are trying to destroy you. That's why he told them in Genesis, the Lord, go back to Genesis what was it that Cain said when the Lord said, where's Abel? You remember? I'm not connected to anybody. Sorry. I don't have a pastor. I don't have a brother. I don't have a sister. I'm my own. I, I, God's talking to me and I don't need anybody. That's basically what he was saying. Am I my brother's keeper? And then, of course, the Lord asked, what hast thou done? I want to tell you something, and we know, and we've said this before, but when the Lord asks you a question, it doesn't mean he doesn't know, know the answer. Right. Don't ever get the idea that, you know, and he says, hey, where are you right now? Well, oh, I've got God fooled. What are you thinking right now? I, I, he knows what you're thinking. He knows where you are. He's probably trying to get you to think about it. And the man... Abel, who we have no record in the Bible that said anything, the Lord says, the voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. What are you saying? The Lord saw Abel's blood that was spilled. There's no record that Abel ever preached a sermon, ever did anything magnificent. <clears throat> but the blood of Abel who had been done unjustly and unrighteously. What are you saying? I, I know when we have a lot of anger because of things of injustices and things that are not done just. But let me, let me just tell you something. God sees everything that was done unjustly. Whether to you or to anyone. Don't ever for a moment think that God is not aware of every sparrow that even falls. In fact, the Bible said if you buy two sparrows for a dollar or farling and then you buy five sparrows for two farlings, that means they throw in a free sparrow. Two for one, four dollars, four for two dollars, but they give you the fifth. You know, it's kind of like the baker's dozen of the donuts. He said, I see the fifth sparrow. In other words, the free sparrow. And I know when it falls. 
So what are you saying? He knows how many hair we have. Oh, you don't know the Lord has just left me and I'm all alone. That Don't believe that lie at all. You're not alone. God knows where we are. God knows what we're going through. And he said, now art thou cursed from the face of the earth, which hath opened her mouth toward and, and swallowed up Abel's blood. And when you till the ground, it won't yield strength. A fugitive and a vagabond thou shalt be in the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. You've driven me out this day from the face of the earth. This was the farmer. And basically the Lord cursed the earth and said, you're never going to be able to farm again. It was overwhelming. But Cain's sin had stopped him from even realizing and being able to identify with his brother Abel. It kept him from acknowledging his own actions. It refused to allow him to acknowledge his guilt. It's not my fault. You don't realize how my parents raised me. You don't realize what I've been through. You don't realize what so-and-so did to me when I was five. I can't be held responsible. That's the kind of thing Cain said. It's not me. I'm not my brother's keeper. When the Lord said, where's your brother? It's not my fault. You keep up with him, God. You know, what Cain didn't realize, his refusal to connect with his brother and take responsibility for his own actions isolated and alienated him from God, from the family, from everything. And basically that's why the Lord said, you're going to wander. You're going to be a fugitive. You're going to go and have to do your own thing. You're never going to be allowed. And ultimately making him an easier target to being robbed or killed. And here was Abel. Never speaks and his blood cries from the ground. Cain, who is a farmer, is banished from owning the ground. Now he's a fugitive and a vagabond. The very thing that he thought would sustain him is cut off. <laughs> oh, if I got that job, if I married that person, my life would be wonderful. I don't care what it is you have if God's not in the center of it, your life. Right. Yes. If you lose him, I know, I, I'm proud of all of these graduates. I'm proud of my children that have graduated. I'm proud of anybody that gets a degree and works hard and does all of that. But I've said it before and I say it publicly. I would rather have my child working at a minimum wage job and living for God than making six figures or seven figures a year and not know how to worship and praise and magnify the Lord of hope. Why? Because those things won't sustain you when the COVID comes, when the pressure's on, when the mind starts getting hammered. Now what's going to get me through that? And Cain said, oh God, I, I don't know if that was Cain's attempt at repentance or acknowledging that he needed God's help or if he was just afraid for his life but what I do know is 
He said it like this, From thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me is going to kill me. And the Lord said, Whosoever slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. I know there's a lot of discussion on what the mark is. But one of the things I do know from this is that the Lord was kind enough and gracious enough to say, I will let you live. I will in some way put a mark on you so that no one will kill you. So God had mercy on Cain. I don't know if the mark was a symbol of a covenant with Cain. You say, well, I've had people say, well, it was a physical mark. It was something that people could see. It was his skin color. I don't know. I, I, you, you can't prove all of that because when you, all those people got changed when the flood happened. Ham, Sham, and Japheth. So I, I don't necessarily believe all of that. But I, I, what I do know is Cain knew what it was to wear a mark from then on. You know? I know a mark of the beast is coming and yet most of us have worn a mark all of our lives now. People, it doesn't take them long to say something different about you. Are you an apostolic? Are you a Pentecostal? Are you born again? Huh? Are you a church goer? What are you? What's, what, what, where'd you come from? What's going on in your life? <laughs> what did you say? Well, I would rather wear a mark that shows who I belong to. Yes and say, I've been bought with a price. That's why I glorify the Lord. <laughs> he left, he dwelt in the land of Nod and had a family and children and grandchildren. I don't know why the Lord was so kind to him. Probably been me and I'd have said, you committed the first murder and you're a murderer and you need to pay the price. But yet God was kind enough to Cain to say, you've got to go. But you're going to have to leave the presence of the Lord. That's the last part of that line. I wish Cain would have said, Lord, I don't want to leave your presence. I'd rather stay here and be here every once in a while and feel your presence than to go somewhere else. But you know what? He didn't. But, and I say this, not as a political statement, but at all, but Cain killing Abel had nothing to do with video games that were violent. Cain killing Abel had nothing to do with racial tension. Cain killing Abel had nothing to do with poverty and poor parentage and Cain killing Abel. What are you saying? When somebody tells me that they've got a disease or they've got a problem, 
and they come up with some letters. My response is usually, yes, I've got one too. It's called F-L-E-S-H. It's just called sin nature. Don't ever believe, well, oh, I could never murder, kill, be a drunkard. I could never. The Bible's very clear. It's in all of us. Given the devil's ability to push the right buttons, huh? All of a sudden it erupts. And I go, wow, where'd that come from? It came from me not staying clean of the Holy Ghost and worshiping the Lord, praising the Lord. I know we've been online and I, I'm going to ask those that are here to stand. There are probably some watching. I don't know what you've been battling and I don't know what sickness, what problems, what situations you've been battling. But I'm here to tell you there is a presence of Almighty God that can cleanse, and that can wash, that can fill you up. The grace and mercy of God. The Lord spoke to Cain repeatedly. Don't allow, don't try to carry that anger. Don't try to carry that stuff. It's all written all over your face. I can see it. You're upset. You know what? Bring it to me. And just say, Lord, if I do well, you said you would promise. I, my job is not to compare myself with anybody else. Oh, well, how come they? And how come this one? And how come? It's easy to get caught up in that. Why did they? Why did they? Huh? I don't know why Cain allowed it to just begin to boil. But you know what? It erupted. You know, the only way to defeat that, the washing of water by the Word of God. Let's just do that right now. Let's raise our hands throughout the building. Let's let the Lord wash us. God, we need a washing. There are those that may need to receive the Holy Ghost. There are those that may never have been baptized in Jesus' name. Right now, I pray, because of your grace and your mercy, that you will begin to get the fear out.